Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Brazil drives the baseline, and they fouled him before the shot. Brazil's down still. It's falling quiet here in Bud Walton Arena. Razorback trainers are out tending to Brazil. It's down on the far end of the floor. Our our view's blocked a little bit mm-hmm. by the Greensboro huddle. Muss is down there. The trainers are down there. They're taking a look at it. We've got an opportunity to look at the replay here. It's when he planted his foot. Mm. Kind of gave a little bit. We don't want to speculate. No. Hopefully he'll be fine. Well, Zia, I hate to inform you, he's not fine. We got the news yesterday, Trevin Brazil out for the season with a torn ACL. Not the news you wanted to hear on a Thursday. I'm sorry to inform you this morning if it's the first time you're hearing it, but your sixth man, one of your most athletic players, the guy that probably had the dunk of the year thus far in college basketball, a floor spacer, and a guy you were genuinely starting to like, unfortunately is done this season we'll start there this morning it is a recruiting thursday yeah sickening news yesterday afternoon where did you probably learn about that news online probably saw it on twitter facebook somewhere and it linked you back to a story where someone's website has your website ready for your business let's talk about that for just a second and then we'll get to the news of the day matchstick studios and our friends at modular orange can create you a great looking website for your business and they can do it in days not weeks or months. Doesn't take a year to get your website going like maybe that person you gave $1,000 to and you've never seen again. Matchstick Studios is there. 95 bucks a month with their modular orange product. You can write, design, launch, host, secure. They'll do all of that stuff for you. And it's 95 bucks a month. They'll get you up and going. You just got to provide them the details and the information. They have that down streamlined really well and make it easy for you as well. 479-755-3043 is their number. 755-3043 or go online and see what I'm talking about at modularorange.com Picked up by Easley at the midcourt stripe feeds Brazil, knocked into the backcourt by Moores, Trevin chases it down two minutes to play in the game 18 to shoot, Brazil drives, whoa what a throwdown on Broden lead but then they give Brazil a T for staring him down. It's actually Kamani Johnson that got that technical. But again, the dunk of the year thus far in college basketball by Trevin. And I just remember when I was watching that play initially. And I'm by no means a doctor, couldn't pass a lick of medical school. But just as someone that's dealt with that, I was like, his knee's done. I, I, I mean, you heard me that next morning. I was like, I did not feel confident at all that it was not a severe injury based on the way that he planted, buckled, however you want to say it. It just it looked awful when I saw it firsthand. Well, I mean, I didn't see it when it happened, but on the replay, when it went sideways, I guess it's been to his left, uh, the way he planted that knee just went that direction. That's not natural. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't Theismann-esque, but it was still one that, ooh, you know, it just, you know, you knew it didn't feel good. The fact that he had to be helped and went straight to the tunnel, straight to the to the locker room or training facility, wherever they took him once they got back there, you know, and he and you never saw him again was was not a good sign. I you know, we were hopeful and I, I I'm like you, I didn't know anything, you know, you just like heard Z in the clip to start the show, uh, you don't want to speculate, but boy it didn't look good. I was hoping yesterday the news to come out that hey he's you know, few weeks, whatever, gonna be okay, but we got the worst of the worst news and you're just sick for him. I mean that's the thing we don't see behind the scenes, but you talk to people, you listen, you listen to people that do have that firsthand experience, and just the, just the hurt and the pain that the athlete and their families are going through in a moment like this, because it's everything you work for is taken away from you. So let me ask you this: Why do they do this in basketball, not football? What do you mean? They just publicly released his information uh, essentially a day after. What What is the rationale? 
or the, the difference in how it's handled. Yeah, because they, I mean, oh. it's day after they sent out a public release. Well, and I think it's smart we have to speculate, right? Well, I think some of the season-ending injuries. Now, Terry and Carter's one that it took weeks. It seemed like a prime to figure out whether he's going to get back. The season, I guess, in theory, is is longer in football. We, have, you know, you have because you have the spring practice. You have you know all of these things. We just got more. I don't have a good answer for you. Why? Why? Hand, I guess my answer would be that's how the head coaches want it. You know, now obviously the athlete has to be willing to release that information. Um. But I guess that only thing I could point to is, well, Sam Pittman wants to handle it this way and Eric Musselman wants to handle it this way. And I didn't know if it was the player itself. I didn't know if Trevin just wanted to – because a lot of these guys, they get asked this and they get asked in class. They get asked on social media, hey, what's the deal? What's your injury and stuff? But it's if it's out in the open, I, I, people, all they're going di- to get is, man, I'm, I feel bad for you. I, I saw the post yesterday where Razorbacks put it out. and It's flooded by Razorback fans just saying, Trevin, I'm sorry, man. Uh, best of luck. Hopefully we'll have you back next year. Thank you so much for what you've done for this team thus far. And flip side, when you've got Dominique, Torian, some of the other speculative season-ending injuries that you may or may not have in football, Jalen for a time, you didn't get that public knowledge. And that's, mm. again, I, I think that's a fair point by you that maybe that's how Sam Pittman wants it. I just found that very puzzling, the fact that well, the day after it happened, it's out for basketball, football, it's just it's buttoned down tight. All right, so let's talk about what I think is important here. How does this affect your team? Trevin wasn't necessarily a starter, but he was your sixth man, first off the bench, played like a starter, had starter minutes on a lot of occasions. And I think if you said, hey, name us you know, our, your best four or five on the team, you talk about Brazil. I mean, he was a guy that could shoot a three. He could also go inside. You played the dunk highlight. He was versatile in that way. How does this affect the team? And now who gets those minutes, those touches that he's gone? You have no floor spacing at the four or five. None. Absolutely none. Jalen can't shoot When you're talking about floor spacing, you're talking about a guy that can go outside with the ball. I mean, sometimes... threes. Yeah. So, I mean, someone like a draw defender out and open up some lane for, you know, Nick Smith or Anthony Black Mm -hmm. or somebody to go in. To me, the guy that's got to step up. Here's your moment. Silver platter right here. You ready? Let me haul in the silver platter. Got got a, a pile of playing minutes on it. Jordan Walsh. It's time. It's time for him to step up and come to that level because I think everyone's expected it. But have you seen Jordan really play to the level? Of, and maybe he's in the shadow of Anthony Black. And I wouldn't say Nick Smith to this point because he obviously hasn't been playing much, but the expectations of Nick Smith. I, I hear a lot of people ask, What's up with Jordan Walsh? I don't know if there's anything's up with him, but I think here's his moment to step up and, and get a little more. Every guy that's come in as a transfer or freshman that's played, and I, I think about Audis Tony last year, who saw his minutes decrease and became more of just the defender, but he was great in that category. Two years ago, you could probably say it was Jalen Tate. His While his minutes probably increased or stayed the same from when he was at Northern Kentucky, his points per game went down. So Jordan, I never expected Jordan to come in and average 20. I thought Nick and Anthony, I didn't expect Ricky Council to blow up like he has, but I, I think that that's valid. I also think that Jalen Graham needs to be. But you asked the question, how does that affect? Mikel Mitchell can't shoot. Makai Mitchell can't shoot. Kamani Johnson can't shoot. Jalen Graham can't shoot. So you have, if you thought the lane was packed now, their guard, whoever's guarding them, they're not They're not respecting them all. You have to respect Trevin Brazil's shot. You don't have to do that anymore. The paint, getting points in the paint got this much harder. Yeah as of yesterday, for this Arkansas basketball team. Now, Muscle figured out it's good it happened now rather than February or March, but this is a huge blow for this team. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question. Uh, this changes the equation, even though, uh, you know, he wasn't a starter. He's Would you say he's playing starter minutes? I mean, he, he was yeah. just as key as any of the other five that might have might have come ahead of him. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, 
tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Richard, I'm kind of surprised with speculation on Dow Loggins' future here at Arkansas, potentially moving on to South Carolina. Uh, Emmett from Springdale is wondering why we haven't had a call that DJ Williams isn't going to be our next tight end coach. <laughs> Hey, you, you never know, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it does appear that way. Uh, after doing some checking last night, I kind of got uh, some signals that it, uh, it could uh, could be happening. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Well, on that note, Richard, I was doing some research on where kind of Dow ranks in recruiting rankings. He's top 25 in the country, top 15 in the SEC. If it is indeed the case and we get the announcement later today, how big of a loss is it for Arkansas recruiting? It's big because, uh, I mean, the, the, the three tight ends that he's got committed, all of them are four-star uh, commits. Uh, and talking to Tom Lemming, who's been doing this since 1978, he's never seen uh, three four-star kids uh, at the tight end position committed to one school. Now, there, there might, might have been, like, say, two, two four-stars and a, a kid that was kind of an athlete that could play tight end. There might have been something like that in the past, but not three exclusive tight ends that are four stars uh, committed to one school. Uh, he, he, he's definitely, definitely someone that the kids trust and uh, he's developed relationships with. Obviously, that they know that the possibility of him leaving has always been there because of you know, his resume. Uh, so, uh, will it be a shock? Probably not. Will it be somewhat surprising? I, I think that could be uh, the case. I think Lou Haas, uh, that, that, uh, there's got to be some concern there because uh, he was definitely one of the main reasons why uh, he decided to be a Razorback. And then uh, Jaden Ham, uh, him, but uh, I think Shamar Easter will, will be okay. Because uh, he's an Arkansan, uh, Arkansas kid, but at the same time, he's extremely close to Dow too. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll find out if it comes official and just uh, see uh, how it all pans out. But uh, he's definitely one of the better recruiters, and not only just uh, recruiters of tight ends. I mean, his uh, his territories where he recruits, he's uh, gotten close with other position. Uh, uh, kids that play other positions that are considered in Arkansas. Parker Livingstone, Livingstone uh, from uh, uh, Lucas, Texas, uh, Lovejoy High School, uh, very highly regarded uh, receiver. Uh, thanks the world of uh, Dow. So uh, it'll be somewhat of a blow, but uh, again, it's it's not. It won't be that shocking, I guess you'd say. So we'll keep an eye on that as the, the next 24 or 36 hours unfold, see what happens. One thing we do know is that Barry Odom is leaving the staff at some point here to become the next head coach at uh, Las Vegas out at UNLV. How does that affect recruiting and what concerns might you have out of the commits with Barry Odom's pending departure? Anytime you have uh, any any position coach or D.C. or O.C., you know, Leave uh, there, that creates some kind of certainty. What kind, of, especially often, you know, if you're a coordinator, uh, creates doubt of you know. Well, you know, the, the kids are committed on the defensive side. They committed to a defensive quarter coordinator with a particular philosophy, and they did get to know Barry. And uh, so, I think that, that causes some uneasiness. Now, if Michael Shear. The linebackers coach decides to join his staff. Uh, that that's something to be uh, another thing to be somewhat concerned about because uh, he's he's an excellent recruiter too. The linebackers really have uh, you know that have committed to him, and then some that are, are you know Arkansas is recruiting that twenty four class and twenty five class have really gotten uh, close to him. And I think I think uh, that's uh, that's an area to to be concerned about. But uh, you know. It, Hey, you know, anytime you you get into de- December and January, it, you know, sometimes it seems like everything's going to be, uh, you know, just hunky dory, and 
non-eventful. Uh, well, it's this is definitely one of the <laughs> one of those December's that uh, looks yeah. like has the potential to be uh, pretty eventful. Yeah, it's Pepto Bismol and Xanax season. You know, we're, we're anxious and got upset stomachs right now, worried about all this. But you, you said something there about Michael Scherer. They got me to to thinking. We we touched on this or talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's one thing if Dow Loggins goes to another SEC school and a player followed him there. To me, it's just a different equation of a player you believe fits a, an SEC roster and an SEC two deep goes to a Mountain West school. Uh, should should we have concern about some of these current commits that might have close relationships with, a, say, a, a Michael Scherer that they would leave an SEC school for an opportunity on a Mountain West roster? Is is that something we should even consider as as something to be no, worried I w- about? I wouldn't I wouldn't be so concerned about that, but but other schools. Other schools will jump in, and you know, oh, yeah. Power Fives will jump in and and say, yeah. "Hey, you your your defense coordinator left, your position coach left. Uh, hey, we want you." Yeah. So that that's where you got to be concerned. Gotcha. Talk, talking with Richard Davenport this morning, Richard, we've asked you about Barry Odom, we've asked you about Dial Loggins. What about new strength and conditioning coach? I think it's Ben Sowers. How does that affect uh, the recruiting overall, if at all, with the new strength and conditioning coach? I think uh, a new. Uh, I think a strength and conditioning coach. He makes his impact on uh, unofficial and official visits when the kids and the parents get to to meet uh, meet him, his staff, and learn his philosophy. Kind of see uh, see his what he's done in the past with maybe some of the uh, some of the players that he's developed, and uh, another area where you know I think he can impact also is say say a father. There there was a father that uh, that uh, visited Arkansas when uh, Bielema was here and and was extremely impressed with Ben Herbert, who's obviously at Michigan now. And this dad played uh, college football and in the NFL. And he I mean, he was just blown away by Ben, and uh, he asked a lot of questions and got a lot the, the answers that he wanted, and that really helped his son make the, the decision to be a Razorback. So I think that's where you, you make the hay as a, uh, a strength and conditioning coach uh, is on official visits or unofficial visits when kids and parents get to meet you and, and learn about your philosophy. Richard, I think a difficult part that's kind of been added to the coaching mold is now you have to recruit players that are already on your campus that are playing for you to convince them that they need to continue to be Razorbacks. I do wonder. There's 13,000 players in the por- or in the in college football right now. A thousand of them entered the portal. How many of these guys are going to get left stranded there and not find themselves a home? Yeah, I obviously don't know the exact number, but there'll be a good 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 amount that. Uh... You know, if, if they, they won't be able to find, say, say they they leave a Power Five, a, a, a very good amount of them will uh, probably have to go mid major, maybe Division Two, maybe even Division Three. I don't know, but uh, and, and then some will, will be left uh, without any options, and it's, hap- it's it happens every year, and that's why you got to be extremely careful and, and really know your worth as a player. And it's hard for a 17, 18, 19, 20, 20 year old, uh, young man to really know your, their, their worth because you have an inflated opinion of yourself. Uh, and then you, then you throw in the uh, crazy uncle who's been telling, <laughs> telling you the whole season that, Oh my God, they're doing you wrong. So, uh, you know, nephew or, you know, or, or Ty, come on, man, you need to get out of there. Or a crazy dad, or a mom, or I mean, it, I, I think you're getting more, uh, more, uh, more of that nowadays, just because uh, people think that they they know a little bit more than they actually know. And uh, now, if it's somebody that uh, maybe has played college football at a high level or something, and is, is really, you know, honest with their, their the, the kid that's uh, thinking about uh, transferring and is knowledgeable about uh, that kid's worth. I mean, uh, at least you get somebody that uh, you feel like has, has some pretty good knowledge. But uh, it is it is a tricky situ- situation, and uh, it, it really hurts to see some of these kids make some of these decisions because they, they have an opportunity 
to to uh, maybe develop, but uh, they're looking for that instant, uh, you know, chance to play. And let's face it, at the same time, there's some that are kind of pushed out. There's no doubt about that. Quite a few are kind of pushed out and encouraged to leave. So those guys really don't have an option to stay at that particular school. How much more are we going to see, you know, three stars and maybe low four stars go the mid-major route and then come up through the portal rather than sign direct anymore? It seems like the portal's pushing out some of the the high school kids that don't quite get there. Maybe not the fours, but certainly the three stars may have to – to look at different routes just based on numbers and the way the portal's affecting opportunities for high school kids. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Obviously, I, I wrote about that on Sunday and talked to several. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this so many times, but in talking to high school coaches since the portal started, I mean, the mid-level guys that uh, not not the not the highly recruited types, but the mid-level guys that uh, maybe uh, five, ten, fifteen years ago. Uh, schools would try to bring in and try to develop, uh, or, you know, and maybe year uh, year three, you know, get on the field. Uh, those days are almost over because the coaches now. I mean, we talked about this too. The 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 four or five years that uh, you normally had to chance had to to turn around a program, it's two or three now. So you can't blame the college coaches. They got to keep they 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 have to upgrade their their uh, their rosters each and every year, uh, and if they don't, uh, uh, they'll they'll be uh, they'll, they'll be fired. Yeah. So uh, the the mid level guy is definitely being hurt. It, it it hurts it hurts to see it. Uh, I don't I don't know if it, if there's going to be a solution to it. I, I, we've talked about this too. The solution, in my opinion, is uh, the the one year exemption where you can uh, automatically transfer and have immediate eligibility. If they took that away, I think I would slow down everything a little bit and maybe create a little bit more opportunity for the mid-level guy. But with the portal, I think the days of uh, the development developing guys is uh, there. There's still going to be some guys that schools take a chance on and try to develop, but uh, not not the numbers that they used to be. Is this a bigger issue in football or basketball, in your opinion? I think it's in football. Uh, it, it is no doubt has impacted basketball too. There's no doubt about that. But at least uh, you know in football, it, it, it is it even even for high profile kids. I mean, if you're an offensive or defensive lineman, a lot of times you're redshirted. I mean, you or, or you don't play that much just because of the physicality. You have to be in the weight room, uh, you know, a year or two and really physically develop unless you're you're just a freak and you're, you're already at that level uh, coming out of high school. Uh, but uh, I, I think it is in football and uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I get, uh, you know, you know, talk to parents and talk to kids and talk to high school coaches on, on a weekly basis that, uh, is, that are just so frustrated with the system right now. As uh, far as the portal and and how it's impacting the, all of them, it's it's uh, it's frustrating. Careful what you wish for, Richard. We got a question from uh, Tucker and Sherwood. I know there's almost too many to count, but who are some current transfer portal offers that Arkansas fans should be monitoring their decision? Uh, Gavin Holmes, uh, the Wake Forest cornerback, uh, uh, who. Uh, really kind of blew up when he got into the portal on Monday. Now, he told me yesterday he was going to be making an official visit to Arkansas this weekend. I think there's a chance that he may come next weekend, but I, technically I got him down uh, for, for this weekend. Uh, Andrew Armstrong, a, a 6'5", 6'6", uh, about 200-pound uh, receiver from Texas, uh, Texas A&M Commerce, FCS uh, uh, kid who when he entered the uh, portal, uh, got 17 offers. He, he's one to keep on, keep an eye on. He's coming in this weekend for an official visit. He's supposed to visit Missouri next weekend, but I guarantee you Arkansas will try to say, "Hey, buddy, you know, <laughs> we we want you. We'll jump on board." And uh, there's there's some others that will probably be coming in this weekend. There's definitely some coming in uh, uh, next weekend. So. Uh, and then, and then, obviously, Jacoby Criswell uh, looks like uh, Wisconsin's making a move for him. His OC is uh, 
now at uh, Wisconsin. I think that uh, if he has a, a, a the visit that he he thinks he, he'll have at Arkansas, uh, I don't think he'll visit uh, Wisconsin next weekend. That that he's technically supposed to visit Wisconsin next weekend. But if I think Arkansas kind of you know hits a home run with him with this visit. This weekend, I think you'll go ahead and jump on board, but we'll see. All right, Richard, last thing for me. Trevin Brazil, unfortunately, tears his ACL out for the season. When does that re-recruiting process begin to try and get him to come back next year? How long is that? You know, you just put – I think with obviously with Coach Muss and his staff's uh, uh, experience in the NBA and and, uh, and and their connections with the NBA, I mean – Coach Muss, this is not probably not the first time he's had this uh, to deal with this, and I'm sure as an NBA coach, he saw some guys have some injuries, maybe he meant maybe a same type of injury, and and kind of knows the time frame for for you know a return to to normalcy as far as uh, their their uh, physical capabilities. Uh, I, I think uh, Coach Muss and he, he'll be able to put out a, a, a good timeline when you know everything will get back to normal and and what nba uh, teams are gonna you know have concerns about and you know i, I i'll be honest with you I, I tend to think that this probably makes him come back next year i could be totally wrong maybe some nba teams just because of uh you know the advances in the in in the medical field about uh, that particular injury it's it's not as, uh, as concerning but I still think that uh, it will kind of, you know, make some teams be a little, uh, you know, concerned about about his future, and uh, I want to probably see him play another year. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. Richard, we'll leave it there. Appreciate it, man. We'll do it next week. All right, guys. We'll see you. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Tom, happy National Christmas Day. Good morning. Uh, kind of the question we were just speaking Christmas to. Christmas tree day. Christmas tree day, excuse me, not Christmas. We've still got a few more days to that. Uh, the question that we were kind of contemplating, is it more important for the Razorbacks to beat the Jayhawks in the bowl game or rebuild your roster? Uh, that's the question I'm posing to you as we start this conversation. All right. Well, I appreciate the debate, and thanks and welcome, everybody. Um you know, there's two answers to that question. There's the short-term answer and the long-term answer. The short-term is you want to win and have a winning record. But obviously, the long-term, and I think the more important answer, is to you know getting your roster situated. Obviously, you can do both. You can, you can get guys in from the portal, manage the folks who are leaving, and you know bring in this freshman class on December the 21st. You can do all that and then still be very focused and pointed toward having a physical good game plan in the Liberty Bowl. So we'll see. It's possible that you can do both, but if I'm weighing the two, it's getting your roster situated for next year and beyond. I pointed out examples of TCU from two years ago, Penn State last year. Arkansas didn't get to play TCU. You know, supposedly they had too many with COVID, but I think their mm-hmm. roster was a problem. Penn State get, you know, Arkansas beats them badly in the second half to win the Outback Bowl. They're both a New Year's Day Six Bowl, so... I mean, obviously, the outcome of those bowl games and the way they they panned out didn't affect their ability in short term to get to uh, to a bowl that any Arkansas fan would love to be in right now. Absolutely, and you know, you, people are going to point to this TCU team as kind of you know plodding along there. I think they had a around five hundred record a year or two ago, you know, and and then you bring in a fresh guy. I mean, Sonny Dykes clearly knowing what he's doing, uh, and a Texas guy at that, and. um and now, you know, going and playing in the in the playoff, and 
just a heartbreaking loss in overtime last week to, to Kansas State. Man, they the review of that play near the goal line was something because he was certainly stretching for it, and there's yeah, it was it was a very tight, close play. Yeah, so I mean. Yeah, I guess it gives you hope if you're an Arkansas fan that uh, they can be there. So let's talk about this Kansas game. You've had a chance to kind of look at some of the early matchups. I think it's harder to really evaluate a lot until you know where your roster's at. And now with Barry Odom leaving, uh, that puts even more doubt or speculation into your defensive side. Kind of where are you at with this matchup right now and your thoughts on, on Barry Odom and what that means for this bowl game? Well, it's going to be an intriguing matchup because both teams have uh... – Given up a lot of yardage, um, and, and Kansas is particularly vulnerable to the run game. So you'd think having a relatively, you know, Arkansas game plan establish Rocket Sanders and the rest of the backs and let KJ run a little bit uh, would be a no-brainer for them to have a chance to win the game. But on the other side, their quarterback Jalen Daniels was hurt in their biggest game of the year, which was TCU at home. They were unbeaten. Game day was there. Daniels got hurt. Uh, but he's come back. And, um, you know, they haven't they've, – they've been giving up a ton of points since he came back. But he's a, he's a good dual-threat quarterback, much like KJ. So they'll have to contain him. I'm not sure – you know, I'm not – they don't have, like, a really top-level pass game. But Arkansas has been proven to be very vulnerable against the pass. So that, that's going to be incorporated. Uh, into their plan, like like Missouri, they they weren't thought of as a dangerous pass team, but man, they they converted that fourth down when it, they really needed it against Arkansas, and Brady Cook had a huge day against them. So, um, I expect it to be a, a competitive, close game. And what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a motivated Razorback team, you know, a team that wants to be there and and plays hard. And sometimes you get into these bowl situations, and and there are programs that the players seem to be checked out mentally a little bit. Tom, Dow Loggins reportedly could be taking this South Carolina offensive coordinator job. Now, many have brought up the idea you have a backup OC in place if he's on staff, if Kendall was ever to leave. Just kind of your thoughts on this report and the impact it could have on Arkansas's offense and recruiting. Yeah, late last night, right, right as I was going to bed, and then early this morning, it seems though the ball might be in Dow's court. Uh, from the reports you see out of South Carolina that they really targeted him and it's, it's decision time for Dowell Loggins. You know, you know, Kentucky made a run at him last year. There were thoughts of him. The Arizona state head coaching job came up. So, I mean, he's, he's a well-known name in the coaching circles. Um, he's had the unfortunate, um, deal of, of being on NFL teams, the offensive coordinator on teams that were struggling at the time, but, uh, he's an innovative guy, well-liked. Uh, I mean, he's an outstanding recruiter. Look at the tight end class they have coming in. Um, and, and yeah, the thought was that if Kendall Bryles ever took a position uh, outside mm-hmm. Arkansas, that Dow would be right there to, you know, a ready-made, homegrown guy or, you know, from Newport and played here. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll keep a close eye on what happens with that today. And then, you know, before that, there was some smoke about Kendall Bryles in South Carolina. So um, I'm not sure if, if it's in the cards that, that Kendall takes some other position this offseason. And if so, you, you run with him and KJ, which have been a good combination. And then we'll see what happens with Dowell. How much does KJ coming back play into Kendall Bryles' mindset of if he wants to stay in Fayetteville or if he takes another job? Yeah, I think it's a big factor because he made a big deal out of, you know, the, when we first talked to him in the spring, that, that KJ was the first returning quarterback, returning starter he's had at quarterback. And so you could tell he, he kind of cherished that. And I do think there's this synergy between the two of them. Um, and I think it's impactful for Kendall Bryles. Um, if he got a, a, a job offer he couldn't refuse, I mean, I don't think that would prevent him from taking it, but still. I think it's a draw for him. And, uh, you know, you put up another big season of stats. And, and y'all, let's just be honest. They struggle in the red zone. But K.J. Jefferson's pass efficiency stats and his dual threat abilities are very near the top of the, of the heap in this country. Um, and you cannot overlook the fact that he improved. He's right on the brink of breaking the uh, completion percentage record yet again. 
So in three seasons under Kendall Brown, they've had the top three pass completion percentage years in Arkansas football history. So there's something good going on there. Be a lot to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks. Uh, changes are coming one way or another at this program, it, it feels like. Uh, some news we got yesterday was it was just terrible news. That's Trevin Brazell. His ACL uh, gave way the other night when his when his knee gave way um, on that plant on that uh, play where he's going to the basket. Tom, uh, this was uh, was not the news we were hoping after watching him being helped off the floor. How do you think it affects the chemistry, the playing minutes, and all of that moving forward for Eric Musselman's team? Yeah, just a tough, tough break for a kid who really flashed at the start of the season. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to take a while because he was the sixth man. Uh, Eric Musselman was already talking about being, quote, discombobulated with his with his substitution rhythms in the prior game. And, uh, you know, Greensboro was a tough, tough nut to crack. I mean, Arkansas is going to have to – I think their half-court offense has got to make strides. And, you know, we don't – watch their practices, but I've got to think that in the coming days, finding ways to get guys open in the half court is going to be really, really huge in the way you do do your screens and your pick and rolls and all those things that Eric Mosman's so good at. Uh, but, you know, you, you don't replace him, his jumping ability, um, putbacks. He almost had another the other night, I think, on a Ricky Council miss. But I don't think there's anyone on the roster who's – total combination of everything Brazil does and a strong rebounder. So just, just a really tough break, but we do know there's enough talent on this roster to absorb it. And I, I think they're going to find a way. Yeah. I, I'd like to see Jordan Walsh be the answer. I mean, I think everybody's expecting him to come on at some point and kind of live up to the, to the recruiting hype. We hadn't seen that yet the way we've seen it out of Anthony Black. And we're just now getting to, to figure out what Nick Smith's about. Brazil's kind of been a surprise and a, and a, and a nice surprise for this team. Mm-hmm. I think Walsh's answer. Do you have a different answer? Where do you look to kind of fill this gap? You know, Tommy, it's funny that you mentioned that because as I watched the game, I thought the next time I go on radio with these guys, I'm going to bring up Jordan Walsh. <laughs> he looks like he's, he, he looks like he's a guy who is trying to, let the game come to him because he understands, you know, there's all these pieces to the team. And, you know, we're still trying to figure out, you know, what is his game? You know, what does he bring? Well, pretty good rebounder. I think his defense is okay. But you'll see him start games and then spend pretty good amounts of minutes on the bench. Um, and, and a lot of times at Brazil's, you know, at the expense of Brazil's minutes. So I do think his minutes will go up. And uh, a, a couple of times in the game, you just saw him, like, forcing a shot. I and mean, Devo Davis did a lot of that. Speaking of which, Devo Davis went from an 0 for 2 in his first game back to really trying to force things. Now, I know he played a really good defensive game, 10 rebounds, but he forced things offensively in the half court. And I think, I think Jordan Walsh, it, it's just going to take a little bit of time because there is, you know, Nick Smith came back, and, man, he's, he's just so fluid offensively so uh cleaning up misses just rebounding doing all the things defensively rim protecting he has to do all those things and then and then find little niches uh, possessions here and there where he he does his thing offensively tom we'll leave it there this morning appreciate your basketball and football conversation and uh, we'll talk more on tuesday after this oklahoma game this weekend All right, let's do it. See y'all. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic just ask you can get what you want without settling for less we can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake come see nathan and let him tell you all the details you can get exactly what you want at joshua's fine jewelry in beautiful downtown russellville core jewelry chuck barrett here i know a thing or two about making great calls in arkansas 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. So one of Clay's friends, Mike Hageman, I was hanging out with his son last week and we were talking about uh, kind of their relationship or whatever. And uh, we also, I also found out that Alex has two sons. One is named Hank Hogg (laughs) and the other is Teddy Tusk. His wife is a saint. She's an angel because I don't know how many ladies out there would allow those type of middle names. But Clay, I thought that was the coolest thing when I was talking to him last week. Hageman is uh, our family you know, general practitioner. I fish with him, been invited to dove hunt at his ranch or house, however you want to say it. And uh, always enjoy that family, enjoy being around those kids. And, um, you know, uh, Teddy's too young to really, you know, just, just a, an infant. But Hank is, uh, he's a live wire, can call the hogs. He can, you know, you can watch him, uh, rocket takes off. It's go, 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 go. And, uh, <laughs> so this is, uh, this is a great family. Mike's very low key. Uh, this is probably unusual for him. Yeah, well, <laughs> just say the least. Yeah. He must be a good salesman to get that through. I don't think I, I don't get... think, no, Mike, I don't think had any, any say so in any of this. So... Uh, I think he probably was surprised with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, these names mm-hmm. so yeah and and uh as was i yeah. i was a little surprised <laughs> hey i want to get to uh some of the stuff going on with the football team and i think the news of the day and what what people are talking about at the coffee table this morning what they're talking about in the barbershops today is is trevin brazil uh got the news yesterday he's he's done for this season an acl injury uh going to require surgery what what immediate impact does it have on the team, you know, in the next 30 days as we get ready to start conference play in a few weeks, uh, Clay? And uh, how do you overcome the loss of Trevor Brazil by the end of the year? Well, they have uh, a deep roster, which which will help. And just as you're losing uh, Trevin, you're getting Nick Smith back. And so, they, you know, just for a small brief time, they had all hands on deck. But generally, you're going to lose guys. You know, there's going to be somebody that, you know, things just don't uh, – nobody has everybody for the whole season. So this is uh, this is a blow. And he's uh, he's a rare talent. Nobody really has a match for him. He can play the three, the four uh, defensively. And he's, you know, he's a long guy that's, uh, you know, got a great three-point shot. And he's the dunk man. You know, it's he, he's the one that, that made the, the – Got the national attention for that for that dunk over that poor fellow from uh, was it South Dakota South Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so you're 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 saddened for him and it's it's tough. I mean it's just like the Jalen Catalan deal. You know you you think he's you, know, you you have him for just a brief part of the season and, and it affects your season when you lose a guy. Uh, they have people to play. You know, places replaces minutes and do fine, but he's got some brilliance about him that uh, they're going to miss. He's had some highlights. He stretches the floor. Uh, does that make you? The lob is just incredible with him. Yeah. yeah, does that make you rethink what this basketball team can be, Clay? Well, I, I'm in the process of figuring out what this team can be. Every game I watch and, and tell a little more, and you know, the I was curious to what they would do against a team and spoke about this uh, earlier in the week this is a this is a this was a game the last one that were they're gonna they're facing a team with three good guard options with quickness and it bothered them and 
a team that packed it in, made it tough defensively in the paint, didn't foul in the first half. They did in the second half. I, I was convinced that the officials called the game slightly different in the second half. Uh, a lot of the hand checks and things didn't seem to be called early. They did. They were called, and Arkansas quickly got in the one and one, and that changed the game. Both, you know, two things happen when a foul is called. You get to go to the free throw line after seven, and the other team gets fouls on their best players, and that that affects the game in both ways. Yeah. Um, but it was a game that they were, you know, they were taxed to win. Um, I'm not. I tell you, more than losing uh, Trevin Brazil, the thing that that I'm interested to see is how they integrate uh, Nick Smith with, you know, on the ball time between Anthony Black and Ricky Council because neither one of those guys had the ball in their hands nearly as much, and they've been the best players. So I guess Nick's gonna get his little shot at it, and then. Eric will make a decision sometime in the next month. Okay, here's here's where we're going in crunch time. But he's got, you know, Nick's going to get his chance because I I think he's he can be that kind of player. But it wasn't always smooth. You know, his handles weren't. So more so than losing Brazil, I'm interested to see what happens with that. With not so much playing time because all three of those guys are going to be out there. But where who has the ball? For you know who's hard and who's who's handling it, I suspect it's going to be Nick. Yeah, I think the impossible question right now is: Have we seen Trevin Brazil for the last time as a Razorback and in a Razorback uniform? And I I don't think there's any way to answer that right now, Clay. But you got to wonder: Is you know is his future in Fayetteville, or will he just now you know turn to, to rehab and getting ready for for a professional career? Yeah, I think his his value would be suspect on that if if, if he thinks this is because he's not going to be full speed by the end of uh, um, the end of did did the pros see enough you know in these six or seven games or in the practice in the pro day to know that he's can't he can't miss and would he be really strong and fit. By you know those combines and those sort of things to where he can sh- you know really make a good showing and, and be like he he was say three four weeks ago. Uh, they know what his talent is, but it it may be that he needs another year. But what, at best, an ACL recovery's I mean it's months. It's what six eight six. months. Usually nine to twelve is is for yeah. He's not going to be ready. To, to for them to, to make that evaluation before the draft. Drafts uh, usually when uh, June. Well, it can. It's been all over. Gosh, you know, when is it this year? I don't it's know. Usually during the playoffs, or right? You know. Yeah, but they moved it later some years. Yeah, I think yeah. with COVID, you're right. They have moved it around. So, but but to your point, following you know March Madness and all of those things, when the when the player combine rolls around. I don't see how you could be be ready anywhere close to that timeline. Correct. So, so that's why I would say another year. You can right. see him in Bay Fall, the six well, ten, six eleven kid coming from Denver to see them in your starting front court next it, year. It puts more value and more importance on his tape from Missouri as well. Uh, if if he made that decision, I I kind of lean the way I think you're leaning, Clay. That's that's a that's another year. Uh, probably coming in Fayetteville. That, that's what I think. Yeah. Hey, don't miss out on the sale that's going on now at Cheap Sleep Mattresses and Furniture. Hey, they got savings up to 75% off. They got clearance mattresses, queen and king size mattresses starting at $199. Sofa and love seats, you can get those for $899 right now. And the sale doesn't stop there. They got California adjust, California king size adjustable bed mattress for only $899. That's 75% off. Right now, you can find great deals, including uh, 75% off when you purchase that Split King adjustable and mattress. You can get all of it for, for only eleven ninety nine. So check it all out. Uh, big sales going on at Cheap Sleep Mattresses and Furniture. They're in Bentonville, Fort Smith, Springdale, and in Conway. Shop local. Shop Cheap Sleep. Check them out on Facebook as well. The other conversation people are having, Clay, uh, this morning, Clay, is, um, is about Dow Loggins. And late last night, a lot of people went to bed probably not knowing that Dow was uh, was really uh, in the in the crosshairs of what's going on at South Carolina and Shane Beamer for their offensive coordinator. Wake up to the news this morning that uh, Arkansas's tight end coach and really what I've always perceived as the safety net for your OC here uh, may be on the move. Yeah, and 
it's uh, it seems a little bit unusual because you you know he's uh, he's an Arkansas guy, but it's a huge difference between say four hundred thousand and one point five. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's it's, it's life changing money. Quadruple your income. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's also the next step to being a head coach in college, and that's what he wants. And you know, you could still end up at Arkansas as a head coach if you were successful offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Uh, That's his dream know, job, right? He's, he's, I like the he's I like the move for for Dow. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you you don't know what Sam's going to do if and when Ken, Kendall Bryles has an, you know he has an opening, and I, I guess he could bring him back. Uh, there's not any there's no rule. You know, you you wouldn't say, hey, we we're going to. You you got to stay here and be a tight end coach for another year and make four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or whatever it is and pass down the you know the, the million the extra million you couldn't do that and Sam wouldn't do that so I don't think it's uh, you know keeps him from being in the mix down the road at Arkansas um, so I you know I kind of wish Dow he's a friend of mine I haven't called him I I didn't want to put the pressure on him for that. Uh, I'm sure we will talk this week sometime, and um, yeah, it's uh, it surprised me a little bit. But by the same token, this is just exactly what happened last year. I mean, Kentucky tried to hire him as offensive coordinator, and uh, he didn't think that job was right. And maybe he thinks this one is. I don't know the backstory and when kind of I know Barry Odom, or excuse me, not Barry Odom, Barry Lunny wanted the job, yeah. and. Now and then, I, did, did Sam offer him to stay on staff as the tight ends coach? And then that I, could the reason? Yeah, I, but the money wasn't it wasn't significant. I mean, he made more money and became coordinator. That's why Brent. That's why Texas. Brent. Yeah, to UTSA with Jeff Trailer. Now he's up at uh, Illinois. Yeah, he's making over a million dollars yeah. at Illinois yeah. now with Bielema. And so that's an I, I would say the example that I think to of recency. Well, that maybe. You could point to and say, "Well, this is helping Barry, so maybe the same thing could be said about Dow." And there's, a, I, I oh, think, there's no question. He, he doesn't have a choice. This is a job he has to take. Yeah, yeah. An offensive coordinator job in the SEC with a program that just beat Clemson. I mean, they're rolling. They're uh, they didn't look the very good. They didn't, they didn't look very good when when Arkansas played them in September. But they're a different team and a different program. Recruiting well, doing well in the portal, and um, you know, I, I will say. All, the whole conversation to me is what happens to the recruits that that uh, you know these guys, this staff has recruited. If any of them leave, what happens to those recruits? Because they they're in line to to bring in some really great tight ends in this class and the next class. And are, are those guys tied to Dow? Or are they are they tied to, tied to Sam? Are they tied to being Razorbacks? You know. I, you know, Richard, he might know that, but I don't. And so those are the questions that you have as this is playing out. Yeah, he, he gave us some really good insight at 630, talking about Luke Haas' connection with Dow Loggins. I think there's probably a good chance Shamar still goes to Arkansas because he's a Razorback kid. I don't know about Jaden Hand, though, the kid from Eudora, Kansas, all four stars, and I was unaware. Clay, this is the first time, as Richard told us, that a team has got three four-star tight ends what Tom Living told Richard. That's pretty stellar stat. Dow yeah. is actually the best recruiter on the Razorback staff, according to 24-7 Sports. And, and he's never done it before, and you get better at it. Yeah, he, He's always been in the NFL. They don't recruit. They just evaluate. But, but he, Dow, he's got that magical personality. He's really good with relationships. Um, and he's going to continue to recruit good players. And um, you know, it, to me, the tight end position is the is the place where Arkansas has to get better. That if when I watched uh, Michigan, Utah, and Georgia this past weekend and saw their victories, they had great tight ends. I don't mean just good tight ends; they had generational tight ends. And in some cases, they had two of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at Georgia, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, those are, that's the Just best. Just terrific. That's the best tight end duo in all of yeah, college football. Yeah, I mean, I, I voted for the Heisman, and it, my Heisman votes in, and Brock Bowers was heavy in the discussion for where to put him on my ballot. I think he's that good. And, you know, it's like, you watch these those 
three teams, and they used their tight ends because they were great players just the way San Francisco does with Travis Kelsey and the 49ers do with George Kittles. And those guys are difference makers in how, how you scheme on the goal line, not just catching but blocking. If you can't seal the perimeter with the tight end and you can't make, uh, you know, teams are having to put two players on the tight end on the goal line. Well, that, that makes it a lot easier to run. Yeah. And, you know, you split those guys out, throw it to a wide receiver and let them block a corner or a safety and it's a mismatch and boom, you got to play. Yeah. So that's the things that I worry about is that, uh, you know, what's going to happen to those guys that are, that are, committed uh the ones that you know like you say you know the, the kid from south arkansas he's probably going to be a razorback uh, but that's uh there's got to be some consternation on the recruiting and he he's involved in some other recruits he's not just they you know brought him in to to go see other players now that he's you know got his tight ends Hey, we're brought to you by Teeter Motors. They're in Malvern, but they're also in Mena and in Sheridan. They've got a lot full right now with great selection. They've been doing it since 1968. The odds are when you get to Teeter Motors, you're going to deal with someone that's probably been there 20 or more years, and they know their inventory, they know their product, and uh, they know how to treat a a customer right when it comes to Teeter Motors. So follow the Teeter Motors trail. Again, Malvern, Mina, or Sheridan, or log on to teetermotors.com. Remember, the deals are always sweeter at Teeter. The other uh, big story right now, I guess, is Barry Odom's departure to UNLV. We haven't talked to, to you about that on this show, at least, since it happened. And kind of what are your thoughts, and where does Sam go from here with uh, replacing his closest confidant on his coaching staff? Yeah, that's a good question, guys. And I don't have an answer for that. I don't know where he's going to go and what what's uh, what's the next step for for that. I don't know who's interested. Uh, the salary is such that you should have lots of options. So, you know, it's it's different than say it was three years ago. That just the salaries are uh, have changed. Three four years have changed the the numbers. I give Hunter Yurchek credit for that. Uh, how much is it going to take to bring you know in, in this is a time when you get to make a decision on, say, style of play. If, if Sam didn't like the three-man front that Barry was playing, wants more pressure, wants to do different things, maybe he's seen that, changed his mind on what he wants to go forward. This is a, this is a time where you can, you know, you can not only reload but, but change style a little bit. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I don't have a name for you. I could throw out names of people that I think would be good, but it really doesn't matter what I think. It's about what Sam thinks, and his network will produce a good defensive coordinator in my estimation. What did Keith Burns used to call his defense back in the day, late 90s? Clay, you might have to help me on this. He called it something. He well, blitzed they, all the time. And I can't well, think what it was called. He called it Code Red. That's what yeah. it was. Yep. And I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the, the what he called the defense. It's more what he called their uh motto. You know, like we're, we're it's gonna be we're gonna uh, it's a style of play and it wasn't so much it, owning up for it you know like they did stuff like when the alabama bus pulled in they went down and met the bus and shook it and i don't think they <laughs> were players uh, own it or not i'd vote against that <laughs> yeah i used to nut after he found out they voted against that yeah. uh they stapled or glued pictures of players that they had knocked out on the field to the wall of the, of the locker room you know they did that at kentucky that didn't work out so well um the, they, you know, they, they were just a little bit different. The edge is what I would call it. <laughs> they played right on the edge. Yeah. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.